Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Hope you're having a great day today. I know my day's about to get even better. Why? Because I get to hear where I may have been wrong on our weekly Clark Stinks segment. Later, I'm going to address what I think the new COVID variant's going to mean for the economy and our travel plans. So, Krista, we've had Clark Stinks for 20 years now, I guess, right? Has it been that long? Wow. I think it's been a long, long time. And it's been a while. It's something that we did because I, I don't think I've ever told this story. We came up with Clark Stinks because people had set up all these websites that had a little unfriendlier names than Clark Stinks where people would just complain about me all day long. And I was like, mostly professionals know, that were unhappy with your advice to well, people. Well, I mean, but like, I'm, you I'm know, just a guy. People want to rip people off and not happy with you. Yeah, but I'm just a guy and I may mess up anyway, right? We all do. That is very true. So the thing is, is that I was like, if people are that unhappy with me, we should make a place on Clark.com where people can just let me know directly. And then over time, we came up with the idea of doing the Clark Stink segment on our show. And so that's why I do it because I learn from you and I want you to know that you have a direct channel to give me feedback that's so important for me to grow as an individual and learn from you. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Clark, a lot of them actually do start off this way. Clark, you don't stink, but you smell just a little. You state that you keep $400 cash on hand in case of emergency or if the power grid goes out, but $400 is not right. $459 is the right amount. Hear me out. Is this all because of inflation? We made it to $459? Nope, nope. If you have four $100 bills, you can't really break it anywhere from a business now even with all the lights on. If you have $20, $20 bills, you would still have no to hope the business can break a $20 bill for you to get what you need. But if you have $459, you could have two $100 bills, $250, and $520, which equals the $400. But then for $59, you get two 20s, $110, $15 bill, and four $1 bills. This is every denomination you can have at your disposal. Come on, Clark. I thought you knew money. Corey, and shout out to my dad, Steve, who always would get $59 at the bank when I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that suggestion. And so right now I have, let's see what I do have. I wonder if I have anything other than 20s. Looks like a lot of 20s. I have not a single $1 bill. Everything is 20s. No 5s, no 10s. That is a good suggestion. Okay. In a recent podcast, you discussed tips for the painful task of getting your car repaired. While I appreciate your disclaimer that not all car dealerships are crooks, 
Your tone was so demeaning that your listeners undoubtedly get a different message. I've been working in car dealerships for over 30 years. The majority of dealerships are very charitable. They consider themselves part of the community and are in the business of helping people. While some of your input was valuable, it was peppered between insults and accusations of underhanded practices. I challenge you to go back and listen to your obvious bias during that segment. Advice can be given without a side of insults and slander. On the side mo- on a side note, the reason most technicians do not speak to customers is because their area of expertise is working on cars, not customer service. They are also paid by the job. They do not get paid for time spent talking to customers. As you mentioned, repairs can take a long time because shops are busy and shorthanded. If technicians took out time of their day to talk to every customer, it would take even longer to get everyone's car fixed. And that's from Susan. Susan, thank you. And I appreciate you taking the time to write. And I apologize for uh, creating a tone that you felt was accusatory and demeaning. And from our perspective... We don't hear from anybody whose car repair was the greatest experience ever. All we hear from are people who have had a problem. And you know there are uh, repair facilities and dealers in the business who don't do things the right way. So I have a responsibility to put people a bit on their guard and have them prepared And if that had too negative of a cast to it, I apologize. I went to Amazon to search for a carbon fiber wallet, just like Clark's, but found 959 possible results in my search. I know to avoid the $239 model, but still need some additional guidance to narrow down the list. Even after being told in a previous Clark Stinks post that at least one wallet bought on Amazon could potentially slice pants or the wearer to ribbons... Clark chuckled at this potential injury and said it was he was nice and dull without offering any guidance to find one similar to his. Your loyal podcast listeners need some help to avoid a painful injury, as Forrest Gump would say, in the buttocks. And that's from Rich. So, Rich, um, this was my third attempt, the one that I have now. And this one, you feel, has no Rounded. sharp edges. Yeah. And... You have to get in there and really dig in the reviews for these. This one was nine dollars. What and brand change, is it? Does I it remember. say? I don't know, and I'm sure okay. it's not really carbon fiber. Well, I think we should. What we'll do that. is in the um, show I'm notes looking. for this episode, we have episode notes um, in the description. We'll put the Amazon link to this one because we can look up what you bought, so people can see where it is. If it's even still available. Okay. Whatever this was. Next one. I clicked on the article to find out details about energy savings on LED Christmas lights. This is on Clark.com. The conclusion was that you will you will save money because you will have to replace the LEDs less often and they will consume far less electricity. However, since the initial cost of the LEDs is greater, you will only save about $4 over nine years. The article ends up saying, so you might as well buy whichever lights you think that you like best. I think that stinks. It ignores the fact that our planet is in crisis brought on by not making energy-saving choices while burning endless tons of fossil fuels. Why miss an opportunity to advise people about that? Since the cost is similar over nine years, make the moral choice. Buy the lights which save energy. Thank you. You know, we have taken a position over the years 
that the only way you'll get people to be green is if it saves them green. And so, um, of course, <laughs> I would only buy an LED light because I don't want to pay for the electricity. I know over time it will have a long-term return on the spending to buy the LEDs. So uh, that was really almost like a counterpoint to what I usually say. And there was not, we were not trying to be flippant about the environment or anything like that. I understand your hesitancy with crypto, but I think it is about time you deep dive into Bitcoin. Every form of money in history starts as a collectible novelty until mass adoption. The value of that currency goes up until it has widespread adoption and then stabilizes to become a better medium of exchange. Bitcoin is maturing and becoming less volatile. Also, I think you'd be very surprised to see just well Bitcoin gets valued like a commodity via the stock-to-flow model, which is how gold, silver, and other commodities are valued. Google it and take a look at that chart and tell me Bitcoin's price isn't extremely predictable within a certain range. For what it's worth, I was a skeptic in 2017, quoting Buffett and Munger, rat poison squared to crypto fans. This year, I decided to investigate more, and it's been really interesting. I think you owe it to us to go down that rabbit hole and give it a more balanced look. And that's from James. James, thank you. Crypto is a lot of sound and fury that actually signifies something, and it is the underlying blockchain technology that the the if you will, electronic ledger that it provides that makes moving money around far more efficient and puts a direct dagger into the heart of the big bank cartel. So I am a fan of coming up with alternative payment methods. It's just we're in a very much Wild West phase with crypto, Bitcoin being the least wild of all of them. Something that changes in value by a significant amount within a trading day or day-to-day is not a stable form of payment, and that's how I think about any crypto. And then the other side of crypto is the darker side, and it's all the um, fraud that's going on involving crypto, ripping off people who want to get on the new Eldorado, and instead they get cleaned out, wiped out. You mentioned that some auto insurers charge higher rates for older drivers and called the practice discriminatory. I forget the exact wording, but that was the message you were sending. Similarly, young drivers are charged higher rates, yet I have never heard you refer to the practice of charging younger drivers higher rates discriminatory. Technically, both practices are discriminatory based on the definition of it, discriminate, but the implication in your reference to the practice conveyed the message that older drivers shouldn't be charged higher rates based on age, and that's from Michael. So, Michael, I don't know the context of what you heard, but the reality is I'm 66, and my reflexes aren't as good as they were at 55, and certainly not as good as they were at 45, and so my react time behind the wheel is not as good as it was before. And uh, I've told the story about how we actually stole my mom's car so she wouldn't drive anymore when she was alive because uh, she was a danger to herself and everybody on the road. And so there is a deterioration in driving skills as you get older. Um, and insurers charge based on the risk is they see it. 
the beauty of some of the new methods of charging based on how you actually drive when you're behind the wheel is the ugly is the invasion of privacy. The beauty is you're being charged specifically because of how you perform behind the wheel because not everybody the same age will have the same limitations to their driving capability. Please apologize to us, your listeners, and admit you were wrong in pushing the world expert line of transitory inflation. Here's what your puppet master said today. Powell admits Fed got it wrong on inflation, says they should stop calling it transitory. Powell explained what forecasters missed when trying to predict inflation. We, the non-experts, knew all along that the government and so-called experts were wrong all the time. Very seldom are the experts correct. We, the living citizens with an ounce of gray matter, know more than the readers of worldly new articles, because instead of reading trash, we live life. You know, trash in, trash out. All the same, thank you for your selfless service, and that's from Sanjeev. Sanjeev, uh, you are right. There has been more inflation than I expected. It's gone on for longer than I expected. And Dollar Tree is now a $1.25 tree starting in April. So clearly, we have an inflationary problem, not just here in the United States, but around the world. And there are a number of reasons for it. Uh, you know, COVID obviously was the catalyst for the leap in prices. But we also have long-standing issues with labor shortages here in the United States that is a homegrown problem that leads to higher prices ultimately. And so we've got a slog in front of us. One bit of good news is that the price of gasoline looks like it's going to drop about 25 to 32 cents a gallon over about the next six weeks. It will crawl its way down for a while. And anytime I give a prediction like that, I'm putting myself way out on a limb, but that could be a nice short-term reversal of some of the ugly inflation we've had. Clark, let's not be too hasty to throw online learning under the bus. The typical live school day only has about three hours and 15 minutes worth of real instruction. The rest of the time is wasted on socializing, administrative tasks, and PE. What the pandemic proved is how woefully inadequate our e-learning alternatives are. The real great parents have about having kids at home is they can't outsource the babysitting, and the real gripe the students have is they can't socialize or play team sports. Like the QWERTY typewriter keyboard, the gross inefficiencies in our education system are there to delay entry into the workforce, as well as the number of years in the workforce, as long as possible. And that was from Ken. Okay. I have so much trouble with analogies. Where does the QWERTY keyboard fit in this? Just saying that it's inefficient, the way it was set up. I love the QWERTY keyboard. Because you, I mean... The idea is that your fingers are closest to the keys you use most often. Inefficient, huh? Um, I think it's where the keys are placed, probably. Okay. Anyway, um, I think for kids that being away from other kids was a disaster. Um, if you look at the socialization part of it, the value for kids being with other kids is tremendous. I was so bummed for my son, who had only 10 weeks of online school 
in 2020 at the end of his last school year and this whole school year and uh, the whole next school year and this one, they've been in person. And it's been so much better for him and for his friends to have that peer time together. So I'm not talking about academics at all. I'm just talking about, for kids, the socialization process. But going to your point um, of the fact that the number of hours and minutes of actual classroom instruction being three hours and 15 minutes, I've always loved what the Catholic school chain, um, what's it called? The Christo one? Ray. Christo Ray does where the kids are half a day in school and half a day in the work world. Well, it's or, like it's one to two days a week full-time work, and then they're in school the other okay. three to four days. Thank you. Thank you. So the idea is the, is the school week is compressed so that kids have real-world experience the other days of the week. And I think that that would be really, really great to not have kids in the cocoon. And while I'm on that subject, so many high schoolers don't work anymore in their high school years because their parents sign them up for so many extracurricular activities that they can't get out there and work any decent amount of time. And I think there's real value for kids working. Now, I grew up in the era before we had child labor laws. I went to work in a warehouse when I was 11 years old, something you would never do today. That's why it's always hard to understand in one era how culture was and how things worked in a different era. But I see enormous value for kids working as part of their schooling. So I'm sure that that one is going to generate more <laughs> Clark Stinks. Go to clark.com slash Clark Stinks. And straight ahead, I'm going to really step into it. What does the new COVID variant mean for our economy and the world's economy moving forward? You're just going to hear my guess because nobody actually knows. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Just every time it feels like we're turning the corner on COVID, we turn that corner and we see the lights of a freight train coming right at us. At least that's what it's felt like, particularly with the Delta variant was uh, an ugly, ugly curveball that hit us hard here in the United States and around the world. The number of deaths from COVID have been so bad here in the United States, uh, not as bad in most of the rest of the world, but we've had a really, really tough run with it. 
And in the midst of that, the announcement of a new variant that we don't know exactly how it's going to play out in terms of illnesses and deaths or how how much it will spread, how protective for the um, three-quarters of American adults who've had vaccines, how it will play against the vaccines that uh, many people have. We don't know that yet, but here's something I believe through and through. COVID is not going to affect our economy or economies elsewhere in the world anywhere like it has to this date. We as humans are adapting. We are learning how to live with a disease. And we also have treatments and the controversial vaccines that reduce the number of people who get serious illness and ultimately the number of people that die. And so we live our lives. We go on with our lives. And depending on the culture of where you live, and what the rules are, uh, we will take precautions or we will not take precautions. But the reality is the economy is doing pretty well today in the midst of a pandemic, the likes of which the world has not seen in a 100 years since the Spanish flu in 1918 and 1919. And we as humans are so much more able to overcome then we give ourselves credit for, either as individuals or as a society. So there will be disruptions and in specific sectors of the economy. The airline industry immediately, the airlines that fly a lot of international routes, they got clobbered in the stock market. Because I'll tell you something we do as a crew, uh, we go on a staff trip once each year and have meetings and all that and have fun and we go wherever in the world is on sale and that's normally what we do and we um, just before COVID messed up our lives we were in Spain on a staff trip and three of our crew came down with mysterious illnesses that went undiagnosed almost certainly were early undiagnosed cases of COVID and we did not, we've not taken a staff trip since we did not take one in 21. And we're trying to figure out what to do in 22. And the map gets smaller and smaller. Well, don't cry a river for us. So we'll figure something out. We'll do something in 22. It may not be what we planned, which is a problem for American United and Delta, that so much of their route maps are international. And we're not going to go hop somewhere where we could find that they shut down visits by foreigners after we've already bought tickets and booked hotels and all that. We will adapt, and that's what humans do. I think one of the best examples is the cruise industry. You think of any industry out there that faced Armageddon as an industry from COVID more than the cruise lines, I can't imagine. Krista, with her eyes wide open, on the 6th of March last year, <laughs> with her family, got on a cruise ship when cruises were already being canceled and says to me, the day you're getting on the ship, I talked to you on the ship before you, you sailed out, you were like, I wonder if we're going to be able to come back to port. <laughs> no, I was terrified. And 
you worried the whole week and you knew before the crew knew that they were shutting down. It was their last cruise. That was it. They, they hadn't been informed, but it was in a news story. Yeah. And so the cruise lines lost billions and they're now carrying levels of debt that are like those of small countries. And they have figured out how to move forward and how to survive. Now, if you're not familiar, how have they done that? Number one, you have to be vaxxed. I just saw that uh, one of the cruise lines yesterday implemented that kids five years and up can only go on a ship if they're vaccinated. Second, you have to be tested under a strict protocol that each cruise line comes up with for COVID before you go on the ship, uh, typically 48 or 72 hours before sailing. And it has to be a test that they approve of or that they supervise. So you have to have vax, you have to um, have the test, and then you go out on the ship. So as a result, the cruise lines have ended up being one of the safest environments since they started sailing again in June of any industry or any place you can go because it's a cocoon of all staff and all customers except those under age five that are vaxxed and tested. And so I know a lot of people are uh, not happy about the vax. A lot of people don't like all the rules. Cruise lines have gone back to masks in areas of the ship where you're indoors around other people. And these are intrusions into people's lives a lot of people don't like, but they are what has allowed cruise lines to survive that rely heavily on older passengers who have the greatest risk of death from COVID. And a lot of older passengers would not be comfortable getting on the ships if they weren't taking the public health precautions. But the industry has turned it around in the midst of a global pandemic. And this is what we do as businesses and individuals. And so we're going to have a little bit of a punch in the gut from each variant that may come out over time. And it will become something that's been controversial among scientists and medical professionals. But I'm going to use the analogy, over time, COVID will become the equivalent public health-wise, is like the flu, where it's something we know is with us and we will manage as well as we can. And some years it will kill more people than others and we will endure. That's what we do as people. And businesses, capitalists, are adaptable to market conditions. You don't sit there as a sitting duck and wait for conditions to make you extinct You scramble, just as we saw with the restaurant industry and the supermarket industry and the retail industry, where each sector adapted to survive, or if they didn't adapt, what happened? They went extinct. But most businesses adapt, and that's why we're moving forward in spite of whatever bad public health headlines you read or hear. The reality is, We're not going to have anything like last year's shutdowns and quarantines and blah, blah, blah. Well, I've got a travel question actually from Jay in California. I have a European river cruise reserved and paid for. The cruise line notified me that the cruise has been modified. 
The modifications include departing from a different port on a different ship, visiting some different ports and some the same. They say since this is not a cancellation, they won't refund my money or offer future cruise credits. I, I believe are they are they are offering future cruise credits or no? They won't. Cruise oh, they they offer future cruise okay, credits. Okay, I was thinking that surprised me when you said that. They offer future cre- cruise credits. Okay. I believe this to be a constructive cancellation, and I want my money back. I have no confidence they will survive the most recent COVID issues, and I'm concerned that allowing them to keep my money is very risky. Can you give me advice? I did purchase cruise insurance, but it pays for cancellations and disruptions, not modifications. So the cruise line calls all the shots. And whether what they're doing is fair or not, they call all the shots. And so the future cruise credit, if you don't want to take the variation in itinerary, departure point, and the rest, the different ship, if you don't want to take any of that, then take the future cruise credit. But my advice to you, if you're worried that the cruise line may not make it, go ahead and flex with their schedule change, their route change, their departure change, and go on the cruise. Just do it on the insurance side. As I've been advising for a while, you want to buy insurance that costs a little more, that has the additional option of cancel for any reason coverage. Now, cancel for any reason coverage only gets you back 50, 60, or 75% of your money. But you can decide, get up in the morning and say, you know what, I just don't feel right going on that trip. And you'll lose the 25 to 50%, but you'll know the other half of the money or three-quarters of the money you've got. And so anytime you're buying trip insurance, because there's so many unexpecteds that we have with COVID, and your response to those unexpecteds could be different than other people. You want to buy from an independent third party like insuremytrip.com or one of their competitors. You want to buy a policy that does include the additional cancel for any reason. And this is from Mindy in South Dakota. I've left my job and I'm in the process of selling my home. In a few weeks, I'll be headed to Antarctica to start a seasonal job for the long, dark winter. No way, no way. The only continent I've not been to. And you probably wouldn't want to go there for the long, dark winter. <laughs> I'd want to go for just a quick sightseeing yeah. and head back. <laughs> Until now, I've used my homeowner's insurance to extend coverage to my storage unit. But since I'll be selling soon, I'll lose that. Uh, my, her insurer does not cover storage units only. I've checked with a few companies, and I can't find one that insures only storage units for this type of situation. Do you have any advice on where to find this type of insurance? So... Krista, you did some research on this. What did you find? I did. So there's actually a really great article about it on valuepenguin.com. And there are there are companies that only do storage insurance. And there are two big ones. And the two big companies that do it are SafeStore, which is S-A-F-E-S-T-O-R, no E on the end, and Minico, M-I-N-I-C-O. And also storage unit companies often will offer insurance. They all do, but it's but you have incredibly to be incredibly expensive. You have to be really careful too that it that it covers like flood and mold because a lot of them apparently do not. In addition to being incredibly expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for doing that research. Sure. Wow, Antarctica, huh? <laughs> yeah. So um I had an opportunity to go with a friend who was going to Antarctica and I started reading about what you go through in the 
waterways. Getting there. And I looked at some of the videos on YouTube. <laughs> if you're ever planning to go to Antarctica, don't watch any of the YouTube videos of what the 60-foot waves are like trying to get through the passage to get down to Antarctica. Um, I don't normally get motion sick, seasick. Just watching those oh. YouTube videos was more than I could handle. So I guess I never get to go to Antarctica. I mean, I get seasick too. I'd have oh, to have do? them like, can they knock you out and like tie you down somewhere? What, for That's days? What want. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd make it. Just if you want to see something crazy, <laughs> just watch the videos of the smaller ships that go down to Antarctica and what it's like going through those waves. It's like, how do the ships stay right side up? I don't know. But I do know this. If we didn't get to the question you have, or you want one-on-one advice, do you know we offer that for free? You can reach someone at our Team Clark Consumer Action Center Monday through Friday. The time zones I'm giving you are Eastern time zones. 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. You can talk for one-on-one free advice to one of our team members at 636-49-CLARK.